0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back into a special weekend edition of the Above the Rim podcast. It's been a few weeks since I've done this. I thought the NBA and everything of that nature was going to go into a little bit of a hiatus, but kind of seems like they are not. Things are fastly moving towards a December 22nd start date for the NBA, so there's not going to be much of an offseason at all if that occurs. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk about if that's a good idea to start the season that soon, and why would the NBA be pushing so hard for the season to start that early? Because, I mean, look, the finals ended, I believe it was like October 11th or something like that, so we're talking about a A two-month turnaround basically basically no offseason so why would the NBA be pushing for this so hard and why does it actually kind of make sense for the players and of course we are going to look at the negative aspects of it as well and assuming that the NBA does get this deal done we are also going to look at my my dream christmas day matchups for the nba we're going to go through all of that and more on today's episode of above the rim so with that out of the way let's just get this thing going now before we start it is october 31st so of course i want to wish everyone a happy halloween i hope everyone has a great weekend planned hope you're taking the kiddos out and being safe if so And hope everyone maybe has a little something going on tonight. A little something to look forward to. Maybe it's the UFC fights. Maybe it's the boxing match. A lot of things to look forward to tonight. Maybe it's the football game. But definitely want to wish everyone a happy Halloween before we get this thing going. And now with that out of the way, let's talk about it. So you heard me say it in the intro there. Yes, the NBA is in talks with the NBA Players Association to get this season started by December 22nd. And the main reason for that is they want to keep their Christmas Day game, number one. I mean, the Christmas Day game for the NBA, I mean, that that's their bread and butter, you know? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but me and my family always turn on the NBA game during Christmas. And really, the NBA owns Christmas Day, much like the NFL owns Thanksgiving, the NBA owns Christmas. And I definitely think that they want to get a game going, but they can't have that be the first game of the season so they got to have it maybe be a couple days before i believe christmas is on a friday this year so it makes sense for them to start the season on a tuesday like december 22nd and then you know a few days later because you want the season to start with the marquee teams and you also want the marquee teams on christmas day as well so little scheduling conflicts that the nba is going to run into but overall is the december 22nd start date a good idea for the nba and that's really the question, right? I mean, it does, from from a distance here, it seems like it's way too soon. It's way too soon to start that because October 11th was the last finals game. We're talking about, just a little over two months when the NBA usually gets about four months, which would put it at a February start. So that's about an off season cut in half for these NBA players, especially those ones like the Lakers and heat who spent so much time away from their families in the bubble for that amount of time to have that quick of a start. I mean, I'm sure that they're not happy about it, but to be quite honest, they might just have to live with it, you know, for a couple of reasons. Number one, It's important, like I said, for the NBA to keep their Christmas Day slot. They do not want to lose that slot. We all know what happened with the ratings this past playoffs. They were pretty bad, and I'm not going to get into why because everyone has their own theory. They just were not up to par with what the NBA would like, and I think there's plenty of reasons for that. I don't think it's any one thing. But having a good Christmas day game or having good Christmas day games could get that viewership back on and that love for the NBA back up. You know what I'm saying? And look, the NBA is going to have to bite the bullet somehow, some way. You're either going to start the season sooner or you're going to end up losing out on a lot of money. Now, I was skeptical about the season starting that soon. But once I saw how much money was involved, mm, I mean, it. <laughs> it gets you pretty unskeptical pretty quick when you're talking about if they started, let's say MLK Day, because that seems to be the next logical start day for them, or a few days before, and that would be January 18th. Obviously, that's a three-month break. That's that's bigger than usual, but you're not going to be able to play anything near 72 games, and that would be a loss of revenue of about 500 million dollars. Now I'll remind you, folks. The NBA has already lost a ton of money from the coronavirus, from not having fans in the stands and from spending all of that money to actually do something like they did with the bubble. So they've already lost quite a bit of money and players have already lost quite a bit of their salary. Some players' salaries cut almost in half. So that's why this is so important. That's why when I saw that number, I'm starting to lean towards, look, they're going to find a way to get this thing done. Because it makes too much sense from a business perspective. And you know businesses, when they're already losing money, they do not want to lose more money. They do not want to bite that bullet. And that's why you're seeing Adam Silver and the NBA push so hard to get this thing done. And really, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Does it suck for the Lakers in the heat? Yes, it sucks for them. There's no way around it. It sucks for them. But a lot of these other teams haven't played in seven to eight months. There's some teams that made it to the bubble, only played eight games. I mean, these those teams are going to be ready to go. So, I mean, it it is unfair to some teams, but I mean, that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. And sometimes you just got to look at these players. And if you guys really want to get paid here, you might just have to bite the bullet, you know, and we're not talking about players like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, all those guys, they're set. They're set. They got money we're talking about the guys that people don't usually hear of that spend time on the bench that don't make as much money. I mean, LeBron losing some of his salary is not a big deal, but those guys at the end of the bench that don't get a lot of playing time, that just practice really, losing about half of their salary is a big, big life changer. Now, us folks don't make as much money at home. Like, doing regular jobs and regular things like that, regular careers. We don't make as much as the NBA players do. But you also got to remember that people usually live based on their means. So the more money you have, the nicer the house you probably have, the bigger the car payment, all of that. So you got to think, just like you at home, if you were missing half of your salary, most of us would definitely be screwed. And there's more of those bench type players and practice players in the NBA than there are those that are set for life, like the LeBrons, the KDs, the Kawhis, the Anthony Davis, the giannises you know? So, I mean, if I can quote a movie here, the needs of the many are going to outweigh the needs of the few. And that's how this is going to work. So that's why I think they're going to get the deal done. Like like I said, I was skeptical at first because I was like, whoa, that's way, way too quick of a turnaround. But when you start to get into the business perspective of it and the NBA is already concerned about their business, I mean, they're already making decisions based off of the fact that they're concerned about their business, like getting rid of the BLM stuff on the courts and everything of that nature next season. So they've already shown that they're going to be reactionary to their business side. So the business means a lot to them and they're going to want to get this thing going. Now, for one thing I do agree with the players on is I think, look, if you want to have a quick turnaround, that's that's great. That's all fine and dandy. But what I would disagree with is the 72 games. That seems like a lot. I mean, a 72-game season seems like a lot. I mean, I, if I, if they could find any way to do it, I would try to put that down to like a 66, maybe 65 game season, because when you start 72 game seasons after a two and a half month break for some of these guys, we might see people like LeBron James who don't usually load manage. We might see them load manage a lot. Now Danny Green said he wouldn't expect him to be there for the first month of the season. I'm going to call bogus on that. LeBron will be there. He's a professional, always has been always has carried himself that way he will be there but what might happen is you might see him take more games off during the season especially with no fans so there's no one going to the arenas to go watch LeBron per se so with no fans you actually might see him load manage a little bit more and it would be understandable the guy's going to be 36 years old I believe in December so I mean that that would be and that would be an understandable thing to me, but you would see that really across the league. That's why I think they need to lessen the games about six less just to keep it in that sweet spot. But, you know, really the only argument against not going through with this is the heat in the Lakers just got done playing the finals. I mean, you know, that's really about the only argument. because I will remind you folks that during the coronavirus pandemic, the NBA actually shut down mid-season. All All right. And they got about four months off. So, I think that's what the NBA is kind of thinking here is like, hey, you had about four months off there, plus these about two months off here. You've kind of had more of a rest than you normally would get anyway. You know? I mean, when you start to look at it like that, that makes a lot of sense as well. You know? But here's the biggest reason to me, and we'll end it on this. Here is the biggest reason to me that the NBA needs to start December. 22nd like they're looking at they need to keep their schedule yes we talked about the Christmas Day game but that's not even I think as important as this they need to keep their schedule they need to get the finals back in June and they need the playoffs to start in April and if you start in January or something like that then you're talking about a really shortened season to get back to your schedule and they need to get back to their schedule And they're going to need to. Either this year or the next year, they're going to have to bite the bullet on one of these years to get back to their regular schedule because we already talked about the ratings, you know, and that's for a lot of reasons to me. And I think, you know, having the NFL and MLB on at the same time does something to it. And when I was watching the finals, I don't know about you guys, but big NBA fans like me probably wish the finals had its own spotlight. You know, like the finals in June always kind of has its own kind of spotlight. And I wish that they had it this year. And I think they need to get back to that. And I think that's one of the most important things that they need to get back to. Look, they cannot be competing with the NFL. They can't. The NFL is the big dog in the room. They get the most ratings. That's what Americans love. And rightfully so. So they can't compete with that. So they have to get off of that schedule. And also, they have to finish the season before the Olympics. Players like LeBron James have already came out and said that they're planning on playing in the Olympics. So if that's the case, The season has got to end before the Olympics. And the only way to do that really is to start in December. Or if you want to start in January, then you're going to have a really shortened season, which means less revenue, which means players are going to get paid less. So big decisions are going to have to be made here for the NBA and the Players Association. And everyone's just kind of waiting for them to come on a decision and on a deal. And I could be wrong, but... I expect a deal to be done probably within the next week or so because it has to get done soon. I mean, we're pushing November now. It has to get done soon. But I do expect the players to put up a fight for something along the lines of maybe no all-star game, maybe just like a two- to three-week break for the players, just a two- to three-week off time, no all-star game, no practice. I think that's something realistically the players could push for. But my only concern with that is if coronavirus ravages some of these teams during the season, like we've seen it with MLB and we've seen it with the NFL, because they're not going to do a bubble this year. I remind you, they are not They want to do arenas again. They want to get back to the home. They want to get back to the travel. So if that's the case, if a few teams get ravaged by the corona, then that two to three week break that they would be arguing for might become lessened because they might have to make up some games during that time. Either way, I mean, it is a it is a tough deal to make. That's why I'm leaning towards that they'll get it done. But I mean, don't quote me on it. I mean, I'm not real sure about it. I just see that $500 million on the table and I'm like, damn, if that's me, I'm getting this deal done. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's pretty much that simple. That's a lot of money. So we'll just have to wait and see. I do expect a deal sometime soon though, because as I said, if you want to start December 22nd, that means you need about three to four weeks for training camp that put training camp starting right around December 1st so probably would be a lot better for these players to know about a month in advance whether or not they're going to have to show up for training camp and all of that so be interesting to see what happens and we will definitely be keeping our eye on that and with that out of the way and now I feel like it is time for some fun what I mean by that is last year, Christmas Day, there were five games. There is usually five games on Christmas Day for the NBA. So I went ahead and thought, hmm, what would be my dream Christmas Day matchups if the season did indeed start December 22nd? And I think I came up with some good ones, and I want your guys' feedback as well as I go through them with you. So first, the first game I think would be interesting would be a rematch of the playoffs this year. I think it would be the Heat versus the Bucks. And I'm not really going to do at or home or away because that could that doesn't matter to me as long as we just have these teams match up is what I want. So the first dream Christmas Day matchups which would be the first game of the day, I think it should be the Heat and the Bucks, obviously. It was a good playoff series. The Bucs are going to be coming back with a vengeance. I think Giannis mainly is going to be coming back with a vengeance. And I think the Heat gained a lot of national respect last season with the way that they played. I think a lot of eyeballs are going to be on them. I think playing that underdog role, people really enjoyed watching them. And I think people really actually started to like the Heat and really started to like Jimmy Butler. And rightfully so. And we all know everyone loves Giannis. I mean, he's the nicest kid in the NBA, clearly. Everyone loves Giannis. I think that's a great first matchup to get the Christmas Day started. I would love to see it. And now let's move on to the second matchup. And this is where it gets a little more interesting for me. The second matchup, a possible preview of an Eastern Conference final, perhaps. I would have the 76ers go against the Nets now that would be one hell of a christmas day game obviously you're going to want kevin durant on the national stage coming back off that achilles kevin durant and kyrie look they're going to be box office a lot of eyeballs are going to be on them they're in a big market like brooklyn they're going to play a lot of games on national tv and quite frankly they're going to gain a lot of fans probably this season so they're box office and then you got the 76ers They're an interesting team as well. What what can Doc Rivers do for Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? What is Doc Rivers' plan? What's, What's he going to do with those two players, and how is he going to get them to gel? And will it be any different under Doc Rivers than it was Brett Brown? Because I think everyone can agree, well, even though Brett Brown was a good coach, Doc Rivers is certainly proven to be a better coach. So what does he do with these guys? And obviously, with people like Daryl Morey now hired for the 76ers, what kind of changes is he going to make? The 76ers are a team to watch this offseason. I'm telling you right now, they are a team to watch. I don't think they're done making moves. I think they got a few more up their sleeve. And I think Doc Rivers kind of changes things for them. I wonder if he can get Embiid and Simmons to be a little more mature and to really buy in more than they ever have. And that's going to be the thing for Doc Rivers. Can he get the best out of them? Because if he can, quite frankly, they're going to be a title contender. The problem is, is no one's been able to get it out of them yet, so... Definitely tall task for Doc, and just the Daryl Morey and Doc thing is definitely interesting because I believe those are two different philosophies on how to do things, so we'll see how they do. We'll see if they butt heads or whatnot, but I would have the 76ers and the Nets as the second game. I think that game would draw on a lot of viewers. I think it'd be interesting, possibly maybe the first televised game, Kevin Durant, since he tore his Achilles, so that would bring in a lot of viewers as well. So those would be my two Dream East matchups to start off the christmas day now when we get into the middle of the day i we got to go to the west look usually there's three west games and two east games because simply the west is better than the east and there's just more stars out west so let's go to the first west game of the day this would be the third game of the day i would have the nuggets versus the warriors And I say that because the Warriors, obviously, this year are going to be coming back with a vengeance. I mean, I think Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are going to be coming back and taking names. I think they will return to form. I don't know if they're going to be big championship contenders, but they're going to put themselves in the mix of that Western Conference. And we all know what the Nuggets did in the bubble. I mean, they're coming. The Nuggets, I've said plenty of times, are actually a team that reminds me of the Warriors. Mainly because all of their stars have been from the NBA draft, much like the Warriors did it. So I think that is an interesting matchup for many, many reasons. I believe that would be a high-scoring game. I mean, there's great players all over the court. It would be fast-paced. It would be a great Christmas, middle-of-the-day type of game, Nuggets and Warriors. And now for the primetime game of Christmas Day. This would be like the 5 o'clock to 6 p.m. game. Um, This this one's an easy one, clearly. Um, Clippers and Lakers. I know the Clippers did not make it there last year, but I know they're going to have a lot of people backing them again this year, thinking that they could make it. They're going to make some moves. They're probably going to try to get a point guard. There's been talks they're going to go after Rondo, which would be a big loss for the Lakers. So you want the Clippers and Lakers on there. It's the Battle of L.A. It's what we didn't get to see last year, but it's what we hope we get to see possibly this coming year. It's Kawhi Leonard. It's Paul George. Even though he had a disappointing bubble, I mean, people still do put him in a star category. So it is much watch TV. And those regular season games last year, really all the games the Clippers and Lakers played last year were fantastic and they were excellently, excellently rated, excuse me. So that's why I'd put the Clippers and Lakers in there. And then obviously the Lakers you put in there, they're the champions. They're going to be the primetime game. Um, it's LeBron James, it's Anthony Davis, it's the Lakers. They're going to be in the primetime slot. And to me, again, this is the game that makes the most sense. Like I said, it doesn't matter if it's at the Clippers or the Lakers, no matter what, no matter what they're like, they're both in LA. So I think that's the game that makes the most sense in the primetime matchup because I know the NBA doesn't usually like to do East versus West on Christmas Day. I mean, they have a few times, but they don't per se like to do that. So I would keep it, especially this year with the the season being or the offseason being shortened and everything like that, I probably wouldn't have teams fly across country for a Christmas Day game. You know what I mean? Like, I think we should just keep it the East and the West. So that would definitely be my primetime matchup. And then the nightcap. The nightcap matchup, I would love for it to be the Trailblazers versus the Pelicans. I think... That would be a fantastic game. Obviously, Dame Dollar gained a lot of fans through the bubble. He is must-watch television. He is box office, and he's likable. People really like them some Damian Lillard. Hell, I like me some Damian Lillard. You know what I'm saying? And then the Pelicans, look, you have the Pelicans on there. They're going to be on Christmas no matter what because Zion Williamson. I mean, let's just call it what it is. He is one of the biggest draws in the NBA rating-wise, so they're going to have him on. They played last Christmas. I was at the game at the Nuggets. So they're going to put Zion Williamson on Christmas Day probably like for the rest of his career, assuming he plays well the rest of his career. So those are my dream Christmas Day matchups. And that's just me keeping it east, keeping the east versus the east and the west versus the west. Now, obviously, if you wanted to mix it up, there's a lot of ways you could go, but there's only one primetime game you could have if the NBA wants to mix it up, and that's the Nets and the Lakers. That would be must-watch television. But I thought, you know, for the sake of this one, let's just keep the east versus the east and the west versus the west, and let's just see how these teams stack up against each other. That's what I would do. I think that's the right move, and those are my dream Christmas Day matchups. Now, if you have some ideas, definitely let me know your dream Christmas Day matchups and why, and if you like mine, definitely let me know why because I think those are some must-watch games right there, and I think the NBA would be doing Christmas Day the right way if they had those games on the lineup. Now, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and let's talk some basketball news that's dropped since the last episode, which was a few weeks ago. And we've kind of had a lot, so we'll start right here with something that happened the most recent, and that is that Mike D'Antoni has elected to join Steve Nash on Steve Nash's coaching staff with the Brooklyn Nets next year. Now, I love that for the Brooklyn Nets. It lets me know exactly how they're going to play basketball. It's obviously going to be a very fast paced team. They have Kyrie Irving. It's They have DeAndre Jordan. They have Jared Allen. They're, those guys are going to set a lot of screens. And it's going to be a pick and roll type of offense that likes to fly down the court. And it's going to be must watch television with Kyrie and Kevin Durant at the helm and Karis Levert and whoever else they bring in if they do decide to bring in somebody else. But To me, I think this is good for them. I really do. Mike D'Antoni was good for the Houston Rockets. He's not a great coach. Um, You know, I feel bad in terms because he did a great job this season and really throughout his whole tenure with the Rockets, he did a great job. Look, it is not his fault that Chris Paul hurt his hamstring when the Rockets were up 3-2 on the Warriors. That is not on Mike D'Antoni. That's not on him. He had his team in position to win that series. It's not on him that they missed 27 straight threes to lose the series that is not on Mike D'Antoni he had them in position to win that series so he's a good head coach and this year we saw what he did with the small ball with the Houston Rockets how he reinvented that group and how he coached that group to a number one defensive bubble rating so people act like Mike D'Antoni isn't a good coach he is a great coach So, I feel bad for him in terms of this. Look, he probably left the Houston Rockets thinking that he had a job lined up for him or that teams were very, very interested in him, which was not actually the case. So, I feel bad for him in terms of that because honestly, you don't leave a head coaching job to become an assistant, you know, you don't leave a managerial job to become an employee. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, those, you just don't do those things. So I think that Mike D'Antoni thought he would have some things lined up. And I think Mike D'Antoni was really eyeing either the 76ers or probably even the Pelicans with Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball. Those are probably the two teams that he was looking at. Obviously didn't come through. So now he's going to be an assistant on the coaching staff of Steve Nash. And that is one of the, Steve Nash aside, we'll see how he does, but that is one of the best coaching staffs in the NBA now is the Brooklyn Nets. And I hate to say it because Steve Nash brought him in, but just say Steve Nash doesn't do as well as he should. Well, then Mike D'Antoni might get an opportunity to coach Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Now, I don't think that'll happen because Kevin Durant and Kyrie clearly want Steve Nash, but you know it is a possibility down the line. You never know. So that's good for the Brooklyn Nets. I really think that that is one of the best coaching staffs in the NBA, and it definitely improves their odds next year of being a really good team. And honestly, it's time to start talking now. I mean, if KD comes back normally, they should really be the favorites out east to make the finals. There's no question about it, in my opinion. I mean, I think they're better than the Heat. I think they'd be better than the Bucks. I think they'd be better than the Sixers, barring some kind of crazy offseason move if the Sixers were to do something like that. But barring that, I do think it's Brooklyn Nets in the East, and I think that they should be favored. And these hires, or this hire of Mike D'Antoni, even furthers that case for me. So good for the Brooklyn Nets on that. We can't talk about this offseason's moves without talking about the ones that have probably been the biggest so far which obviously we've already covered Doc Rivers going to the 76ers and what I think that means for the 76ers in an earlier episode. But the 76ers were also able to land Daryl Morey. And to be quite honest with you, I have very mixed feelings about this pairing. I mean, both of these guys are excellent basketball minds, and both of these guys are some of the best at what they do. There is going to be no, no denying that. Clearly, no denying that from me. But what I am going to question is the chemistry between them because I saw a report that Doc Rivers often ignored the analytics crew with the Los Angeles Clippers. And we all know, what is Daryl Morey obsessed with what was the number one thing to him when he was with the houston rockets clearly it was analytics every decision was based off of analytics so what we have here is a pairing of someone who really believes in analytics and someone who possibly really does not believe in analytics and when you start to look at that pairing i mean look In relationships, yes, sometimes opposites do attract. But when you're talking about sports and you're talking about teams and you're talking about work and things of that nature, opposites do not attract. And this is going to be interesting because one of these guys, clearly, if that report is true about Doc Rivers, one of these guys is going to have to change their philosophy. They just really are. And this, to me, is what makes the 76ers probably the most interesting team in the offseason right now because how do these two work together and what is Daryl Morey coming there mean for the franchise? Does he want to get rid of Joel Embiid? Because we do know he likes to play really fast. That's what he did with the Rockets. Well, does he want the ball in Ben Simmons' hands all the time? Does he want Ben Simmons recreating? Does he want that team to fly up and down the court? I don't know. Daryl Morey had his best success with a team just like that, running up and down the court and getting three-point shooters and everything of that nature and playing fast, which if you want to do that, I don't quite know where Joel Embiid fits in that picture. And this is the this is the crossroads with this. Doc Rivers has always done his best coaching jobs when he's had a big man. Kevin Kevin Garnett, for example, that was his best coaching job. That was a big man. You know, g- Doc Rivers will probably benefit a lot from a Joel Embiid. So this is where I don't understand this hire in terms of this because it's two different philosophies. I think Doc Rivers will want to keep Joel Embiid and I think Daryl Morey would probably rather keep Ben Simmons if it came down to it. And there's been talks about these two stars splitting up for a while now. So I don't quite know where the Sixers are going with this hire. We'll have to wait and see kind of. But I really don't know how it's going to work because both of these guys have done their best jobs under completely different circumstances with completely different made-up teams. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be really interesting to see the type of job Murray does, what he does in the offseason. Is he looking to move Joel Embiid or someone like that? I don't think Doc Rivers would be happy about that. We've already heard Doc Rivers say he believes he can get Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid to work together. He believes he can be that guy. So clearly, if you're the 76ers, you probably want to give him a chance to do that before you make any rash decisions. But I don't know. Daryl Morey is kind of known for making these risky, rash decisions. Look at last year, trading Click Capella, the only big man on the Houston Rockets, making it so that P.J. Tucker would have to play center the rest of the year. I mean, that's a rash decision there (laughs) you know what I'm saying so it's going to be interesting to see what happens you got to believe these two have met and talked about it but just the contrasting of styles is what makes this team interesting and I do believe look if they do find a way to work together do I think it could work hell yeah I could think it could work because these are two of the smartest minds in basketball so hell yeah it could work the whole thing is I don't know if their egos will allow it to work because Doc Rivers has an ego certainly and you don't get that successful and not have one and certainly. Daryl Morey obviously has an ego, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. 76ers are on my radar this offseason. They're going to be one of the most interesting teams to watch. We'll see what they do with the market. We'll see if they try to trade anybody, but definitely interesting things in Philadelphia, and we'll see how this one works out. In other NBA coaching news, the Houston Rockets have hired longtime assistant Stephen Silas and I got to tell you guys, I don't know much about him. I know he's been an assistant for quite a while. I know he's worked for an NBA team for over 20 years and i know that the houston rockets wanted to give him the coaching job last time before mike d'antoni ultimately won it out so that's what i know about him i know his resume is pretty impressive i know he's been next in line for a coaching job for quite a while that's what i've heard someone quite like an eric bolster type who spent you know again over 20 years in an organization before he finally got his coaching job so someone like that and i think i like the hire i was going to spend more time talking about it. reason why i like the hire though first is clearly you don't make the hire if James Harden doesn't agree. So if James Harden wants Silas there, that obviously means something. He has a comfortability with him. He likes him. And you always need your star players to like your coach because that is how people get bought in. And James Harden needs to buy in. So that that's good news for the Rockets. And here's why, even though I like the hire, here's why I wasn't going to spend too much time on it because I think the Rockets need to make some drastic changes to even get in contention. I really do. Um, I'm looking at next year. I I think the Warriors will be better next year than them. I think the Nuggets will be better next year than them. I think the Lakers will be better next year than them. I think the Clippers will be better next year than them. I think the Blazers have a chance to be better next year than them. So they're in a rough spot here. And I just don't like the duo Russell Westbrook, James Harden. I don't think that is a good duo. I'm kind of selling on Russell Westbrook right now. Um, I just, I don't, I don't like the inefficiency. I don't like the out of control plays that showed up during the bubble again. Now I will give him, he was hurt. He did tear his quad or whatever it was the first round or before the first round. So obviously he wasn't hundred percent. And maybe I do owe him the right to see that duo when they're at a hundred percent in the playoffs. But right now, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on Steven Silas. Cause even though I like the hire, I just, I really don't think, I think the Rockets have missed their window. You know what I mean? I really think the Rockets have missed their window. And I think this year might might be a little bit of a struggle for them. Now, obviously, they're going to put together a good regular season, a good regular season record because, you know, James Harden will score 35 a game and Russell Westbrook will go 125 miles per hour every game. So that's good enough to get you some wins and get you in the playoffs. But when it comes to getting actually into the playoffs and doing something, I think this team's window has closed, but I do like the hire. I do think it gets them on the right track, and I think they got to make some big offseason moves, and we'll see what they do. I haven't looked at their salary cap situation or what that all looks like, but I do assume that players will be moved and other players will be brought in, and we'll just have to wait and see after that to see what kind of team they will have. But right now, as constructed, they're not a contender to me next year, but overall, I do like the hire. And with that all out of the way, that'll do it for us today, October 31st. Once again, happy Halloween, everyone. Thank you for joining me for a special edition of the Above the Rim podcast. Now, we do have news for season two. Obviously, we're looking at November 17th as the start date. We'll see. Obviously, if the NBA season does start December 22nd, November 17th will, in fact, be the start date of the new season and will go through. The rest of the nba season next year so definitely excited about that also i do have a facebook page up now just go to facebook and search above the rim podcast you should be able to find it and that is where you will also find a website of the podcast as well and if you guys like the podcast don't forget to follow it on spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts don't forget to add it to your favorites as well don't forget to tell your friends about it as well. And obviously, go like the Facebook page and join in on the discussion. I want to know what you guys think. Thank you for joining me again, and we will see you next time.